Hello and welcome to the Blind Shots Podcast. I'm your host, David Hill, coming to you from the edge of the third green at Sewanee, taking in the view of the valley below the Cumberland Plateau. And this is Season 4, Episode 10. This episode is another installment of the Americans in the Mid-South episode. This time Fred and I share memories and platitudes of the course at Sewanee, located on the campus of Sewanee, otherwise known as the University of the South, just up the road roughly 50 miles west of Chattanooga. To me, the course at Sewanee, a nine-hole 2014 Gil Hans renovation, does community golf hub unlike most any place else I've visited, maybe on this side of the Atlantic. It's an arresting and engaging golf course folded seamlessly into the fabric of the university domain up on Bishop's Mountain. The greens and the visuals at Suwannee's are superb, perfectly nestled into the larger landscape of the course, all of which left a lasting impression upon me and a desire to return sooner rather than later. Before we get to the chat, reminder that there are no corporate sponsors or paid endorsers of the Blind Shots podcast, though I'm open to the conversation about creating official partners for the show. Nonetheless, I can bring you this mind-bending, perspective-widening content commercial-free because of my day job as David Hill Realtor with Rector Hayden Realtors. I help people sell their house and find their new home, as well as helping investors and businesses with their commercial property needs here in Central Kentucky. It's an interesting time to be a realtor, that's for sure. It's a great time to be a buyer, so if you want to know what's happening in our market, you can email me at davidhill at rhr.com, and we can start having a conversation. Now, before you fade into Bolivia and a tryptophan-induced fever dream, I hope you enjoy my chat with Fred about a place that you ought to go see, the course at Suwani. This is so sketchy. Tell you what's not sketchy. That golf course down at Sewanee, though. Ah, there you go. Good segue. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, it was, I think I described it once before, was um, you never would have guessed there would have been a golf course there. Uh, even on the road back to the golf course, I, I just couldn't figure out how there was going to be one there. And um, boy, did it ever um, just uh, outperform you know, it's location, I guess, is a way of putting it. I never, never thought it was uh, going to be what it was when we finally got back to that place. You know, it's up there on the Bishop's Mountain, um, University of the South, Sewanee, being a, a, a Episcopalian school. It's owned by, I think it's like 13 or 20 something dioceses of the Episcopalian faith. They all have a tie in to Sewanee. So it's called, and they own some ungodly amount of acreage up there, like thousands of acres of land up there, the mountain and the valley below. Wow. Um, so it's called the course on, on Bishop's mountain. Um, you got there first, you got there before Charlie and I, and here's the, we've talked about this at length before. Um, so the, the premise I will throw out there for your reaction. Sewanee is the best community golf course on this side of the country. Because coming in now, I want you to describe kind of your opening, but just coming in and seeing the, it's a golf course implanted on campus with, you know, a pro shop that is more than a pro shop um, with practice areas that are open and available to all um, and well done. So talk a little bit about just arrival and first impressions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I came back, uh, you know, the little lane you come off of, I, I believe you go through like the, like the campus area. Mm -hmm. There's, you know, pretty, pretty, 
you know, beautiful buildings there. You drive in, you take a turn and you go back this little lane, right? Um, it's a residential lane. There's, there's houses further back past the course. And as you make that turn, you can see the course and you start seeing some of the other athletic facilities and stuff. And then you're like, oh, okay, well, there's a hole and there. And then it all kind of opens up. So I got there and I saw that there was a, you know, a practice green. Um, so I go down and I pull into the parking lot. And my first reaction was, my goodness, there's a lot of cars here. Um, just totally blown away with the number of cars and in a, in a parking lot that's not overwhelmingly large. Right. No, and this um, is in this is March. This is a cool day in March. Was it Sunday or, or I believe it was. So you know, yeah. an afternoon and uh, not a lot of daylight left. No leaves on the trees. So yeah, to, to mm -mm. dormant grass to see a a packed parking lot. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what in the world is going on? Um, and like you said, dormant grass. You know, you look out and um, you know, for for me up up here in Ohio, we don't see a lot of that you know, conversion of the grasses, you know, to dormant to not dormant. So, you know, I was taking in that kind of aesthetic. Um, so I go in and I, and I go in to like, you know, pay and ask if I can go down to use the, you know, the, the practice screen. I walk in and as you said, the clubhouse is kind of split, you know, it's not just a clubhouse. You have a little, very modest little club area, club pro shop area where I talked to the gentleman and super nice as always. And the rest of it was pretty much a restaurant. And that restaurant did not have an open seat anywhere. No. I mean, it was completely packed with people. There were people sitting outside in the sunlight, but in like an over, you know, an overcoat or a jacket, you know, it was still kind of chilly out there, um, you know, enjoying the, 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 the sunlight, you know, the, the springs around the corner and enjoying their time out. Um, so, I mean, I was completely shocked by the number of people that were in there anyway that weren't golfing right uh, i think that goes to your comment about like a, a community atmosphere um so i i get my stuff and the guy offered me a cart to walk over to the um to the practice green which was like a hundred yards away and i was like man i've been been driving i was like i'm perfectly fine so i went over and i was you know just hitting balls and all of a sudden there's this car that comes whipping up the lane um, like the opposite direction that I came from the road and he swerves off to the side and, um, he jumps out, he grabs one club out of the back of his car and comes over and it, it just starts rapid firing chips everywhere. <laughs> I mean, he is just like, whack, 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 whack. And, you know, I mean, I've never, I've never met somebody I didn't want to talk to. So I strike up a conversation and he ends up being a professor at you know at the college and you know he lives right down the lane and you know he just stopped by to hit some golf balls he's on his way to see somebody else he wasn't even he had no plans on golfing that day he just jumped out of his car driving past the course and chipped probably 50 golf balls in like 10 minutes right and threw his club in the back of his car and he was gone and i was like what, you know, what just happened here i got like <laughs> you got drive by like, I was like, well, that's, that's different. And then next thing I know that somebody else that was playing had come up and uh, they, he wasn't from local area, but he had been there before and he was meeting somebody else to play that lived close by. And, you know, he's over there chipping with me and, and I look up and there's somebody that's dog walking down the lane that, you know, I'm talking about people are driving by. Everybody says, hi, you know, it, it really felt like it was like you had mentioned, like, 
it, it was a community course that um, I don't really think that I've ever experienced. The only place I, I think I could compare it to was when we went to um, it went to Scotland and the, the pride that we talked about, like some of the, the small courses like in Ely, how proud those people were of of their course. Um, I'm not saying that they were as as proud of their courses as we experienced over there, but I, I think it may be that the the um the pride was around it being there, um yes. and that it was it was it was part of the community, um that really took me by surprise and and again everybody's super nice and you know I'm chipping and putting and I was there for a good amount of time and I went over and putted you know for a while and that's a whole nother you know topic oh, yeah. that we'll we're gonna talk we're about. gonna get to the putting <laughs> yeah Don't, we'll get to we'll you get best to believe that. that. Yeah um so you know i was like oh so that kind of cooled that down for a little bit and i went over and just sat down you know and i and it wasn't soon after that you know i was already down a golf ball and um i just waited for you and charlie to get there so um so that was kind of my first take of the place you know kind of surprised by by the number of people that were there that weren't associated you know essentially there to golf and um you know people walking in and out and and talking to folks and it was I, I almost felt like it was um it was a place to go like maybe after church everybody went to eat and then you know you had the same you know exit that you have from a church and you're like hey see you next week and hey bob hey sue hey dave you know how talk to the family tell them i said hi and on their way back out yeah you know the the scotland analogy i hadn't thought of but that's that's good and i think you're on to something there um you know, for me, it's what I guess it's maybe not technically municipal because I'm sure that's a private university. But, um, you know, as you're describing it, it sets the scene that it is so interwoven into the fabric of that campus. You know, it's up there on the plateau, cut out of the forest. I mean, surrounded by trees um, on one side, those trees have homes underneath them and the other. It's just kind of um, wild, you know, tree, uh, yeah. tree woodland but that it is a real hub and, and you know, it, it is back this lane um, kind of out of the way. It's away from the main campus buildings. Um, but it, it seemed like it was a high traffic area and a place people love to be now. Um, you know, one of the differences in that very much was the spirit in Scotland, you know, the golf course there, the golf course was more a little bit in the center of town or it was, you know, by the water, which the town was probably near the water too. at most of these, the Scottish Linksland towns but um this one I, you know they've got to have some pride in it because they were willing to invest in it for for listeners the the course at Sewanee it's a nine hole course so it makes it unique to start but it's not a short course it's a it's just nine regular holes uh, like you'd see on the front or back side of of any regular golf course but um they brought in Gil Hans who is one of the kind of the four horsemen of modern architecture one of the four gods um, of the shovel and the dirt he came in and did um, I think they kept the routing for the most part um, because they couldn't they couldn't go down the hill um, because it, it literally goes right to the edge of the bluff of the the plateau the mountain um, they couldn't go into campus and they obviously weren't going to bulldoze homes for it so but they he'd put nine new greens um, which are you know by the time we played it were a decade old so they were seasoned you know they were were good mm. to go had, had been all the newness and the kinks had been worked out. Um, right. and the way that they allowed him to 
I mean, people talk, I, I, I talk to people around Lexington here that have been down there. It's like, oh yeah, those infinity greens, those greens over the, you know, number three and number five. Um, and then number four, like, did you, did you drive number four that there's, they have invested in it, I, I would assume in a smart way. Um, but that w they treat it, my sense was they treat it like an asset. And to me, it's what every kind of community course, every municipal course in the country ought to aspire to. I mean, you, you walk in and the, the pro is friendly. Whoever's working the counter is welcoming and friendly. Um, if you want some food, it's there. Great. They're not going to push it on you. Um, it's good food. If you just want to wander around and stick around, feel free. Um, bring your kids, bring your parents, um, hang out, be, be as welcoming as possible. And that's, um, to me, those are the signs that they just really nailed, um, the course and gave everybody something to be proud of. Cause if it was a dumpy place, um, you wouldn't have done that. You know, it's a modest clubhouse. It's not very big. It's got a wraparound porch, which is really cool. Um, but it also has a wraparound porch with one fate, one side facing the driving range. Which yeah, that yeah. was it. I thought that was an interesting design choice. I think yeah. they say, I think they've got a little sign on the range, kind of like down at Tobacco Road, uh, irons only, you know, irons and wedges. Mm -hmm. No, well, there was one gentleman, it was cold that day, and they're getting ready to, 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 uh, time the greens. They were going to punch the greens for the spring airification. But there was one older gentleman. He had, to, if he was still teaching, he was emeritus. Um, and he had his hybrid out and he was just wailing away. He was not gently, um, you know, you think an older golfer, a nice graceful swing keeps balance. No, I don't know how he didn't fall down off the mountain because he was just giving it hell and, and he apparently didn't like the results, but having the, oh. having some rocking chairs and a covered porch facing a driving range just to the left, that just invites, that invites so much drama in my mind. Like I, I, I don't know. I've hit too, I've hit too many bad golf shots. Uh, did you venture over to the range at all, or was the uh, the the story of the lost golf ball on the putting green just makes me makes me happy? I want to hear. Oh that. yeah, yeah. Okay, so so uh, I go over to the putting green, and there's a little slope, and there's a there's a pretty good little um I'll call it a little ravine, <laughs> but yes. it was a, a a little drop off, and you know I threw down a golf ball, and it's been a while since I had. Right now you know? we're from we're from mud country, okay. So in Correct. the winter, our our dirt never gets dry. There's just not mm -hmm. enough sunlight. Once we get a rain or a snow, it's just damp or wet until April. Yeah, <laughs> at least if 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 then. Um. So you know, I you know, I I had chipped some balls and hit some little flop shots and everything, and I hit this putt and I knew it was downhill. And this ball, um, I'm like, okay, well that's gonna go past. And I'm like, oh, it might be on the other side of the green. Then I took a really probably, you know, I'm going to talk about that gentleman hitting golf balls and, you know, how much fun I had watching him, you know, go through his his struggles. They must have busted a seam in their pants when they saw me go from a, you know, a nice a nice putter finish to a, I'll call it a sprint, you know, <laughs> in, in terms it was a sprint, but I was moving. So it wasn't really sprint speed trying to get my golf ball before it went off the abyss. <laughs> and I did not make it in time. I got close enough to watch it, like hit like two rocks and then just disappear. I've never seen a putting green that was, that was that fast in my life. I mean, I, I could have putted better on the linoleum at my old parents' house, you know, and at Baltimore least the, here. I mean, at least the linoleum would be flat. Those greens. Move. Oh my Lord. 
I mean, I thought I had a chance for it to stop, you know, like halfway through the green, there was like a little, uh, you know, a little, a little valley or a little hill. And I'm like, that's oh, going to climb up that hill and, you know, it'll stop. I, it had to slow down. I mean, physics tells me that the ball had to, you know, slow down, lose momentum going up, you know, a slope, but man, I will tell you that it sure didn't look like it. Um, and then when it got to the top of the hill, I could definitely tell it picked up speed. I mean, that <laughs> thing was cooking. And I was, was like, what What just happened here? I was like, I kind of pride myself on not losing a lot of golf balls. And I'm you're like, kind of our, you're kind of our short game guy too, Fred. Yeah. I mean, it was just like a 20-foot putt, and it went damn near 200 yards, I think, <laughs> by the time it got done. Um and I was just flabbergasted. So I was like, huh. So I hit another putt. And of course, the rest of the putts I hit on that green the rest of the day was was just totally shit. But um, but I will say that when you guys got there and I you guys were going to go hit putts, I did tell you to be careful. I said, listen, guys, be careful. Let's start from the other side and put your way around. <laughs> Um, so after I lost my golf ball, I go over and I'm like sitting, you know, off to the side, they gave me a cart. I was just waiting for you guys. And, uh, I saw, I saw the, the gentleman on the tee and not only was his swing a little more, um, vicious, uh, his, his language and his hatred, uh, for what I can only assume was the game of golf was just as bad. <laughs> I mean, he was beside himself, <laughs> just angry. I mean, I've never seen well, – he was lashing at the ball, and it would go further right. And then he had top one, and he was just whacking that that hybrid on the ground. And then he'd hit, like, one really well, but he would almost fall over. But he would hit it well, and then I thought, okay, well, he's going to find it. And then he would go through the same process again. Um, the other gentlemen that were at the other end of the other range, you know, they – they kept looking up at him, and uh, I don't know if they knew him or not, but they were getting a little bit of a kick out of it as well. Um, <laughs> but he was he was in his he was in his uh, element because he he I, I don't know how many golf balls that gentleman hit, but I know that he refilled that bucket at least twice <laughs> when I was there. I don't know how many hit before I got there or after we we started playing, but he was putting in the work. He was he was knocking the rust off, as you say. You know, the thing that, that cracks me up about something like that is he's got, you know, 40 yards away, there's a pro that could fix him in about five minutes. <laughs> but he, he would rather, you know, that man is a golfer because he would rather go through the pain of the, and, and you know, he's a smart guy too, probably teaches yeah. at the school because he thinks I can fix this. It's that ego just coming out. And yeah, early in the season, oh, that that's just that'll be me in in three months fred i i just absolutely know it <laughs> well let me know because i would love to come down and sit on a golf cart and watch just watch that um yeah before we dive in in detail let me you know i mentioned that this is a a nine swanee is a nine hole course the course at swanee it's not a par three so it's got par threes par fours and par fives one of the the unique things that i love it starts with back-to-back -back par fives so mm -hmm. even if you don't get to the range, you've got, by the time you're done with the second hole, you've got plenty of swings in you're, you're loose, you're warm. Um, but let me get your reaction to this. This is a course that is long enough is, is difficult enough that it has hosted um, all sorts of amateur events from the Tennessee golf association. Is that, is that something you thought you were walking into when we, when we got to Swanee or put that on the calendar? I did not. 
um, you know, uh, that's my bad, you know, uh, assumption will get you, you know, all the time. Right. Um, I knew it was a, you had said that, Hey, there's this course, it's a nine hole course. We'll play it on our way down. And I said, yeah, sure. You know, I'm always up. I'm always up for that kind of stuff. Um, didn't really look too much into it. And when we talked earlier, when you told me that it had hosted some of these amateur events, I did not know that, but I will tell you, um, probably by hole seven, I could totally understand why they would have hosted events there. Um, you know, it kind of took me back a little bit. Of course, I kind of grew up playing um, as a as a youngster and uh, played, you know, when I played for, uh, I played on the high school golf team. Um, our course, uh, our home course started off with two par fives, back-to-back par fives, uh, one and two. And so it kind of took me back a little bit, you know, and, and a little nostalgia came came screaming back in and um you know just just for you know uh, a little more insight into that you know the the third hole at the course I grew up playing was like a 200 yard par three uh kind of falls right in line with uh Solani as well because right. it was a long uphill par three so there was um and you know what the more I think about it the next hole was a uh, pretty short almost dry well it was dry for some guys a uh, par four so maybe Gil swung up by, you know, by, by me up here and took some ideas away. Must, um, must have. Must have. Yeah. Must have. I mean, my course up here now is, uh, is, uh, uh, golf is, um, is houses, um, and a Frisbee golf course. Now it is no longer a golf course. We, we just, they just announced here Lexington is getting a, its first new city park in 25 years and the disc golfers are all over it. They're, they, mm-hmm. they're tired of playing the same seven holes around the city yeah. um, sure. over and over and again, you know, the, the thing being a nine hole course and, and hosting tournaments, one of the first things I noticed was that there were the ability to have a variety of tee boxes. I mean, you look at the mm-hmm. scorecard. And you see that it it's not just red, white, and blue, that they've they've put quite a bit of thought in kind of maximizing because it's a tight property. It's not a big meandering deal. It's a core golf course. So there's no, I mean, it's got the pro shop and that other little shed building over there. I don't know what that was. Um, on the back in one of the corners, you've got their their lodge, which is kind of their convention center hotel lodge, plus the the tennis courts. But otherwise, you've just got kind of beautiful parkland tree line sand capped um the mm-hmm. golf under uninterrupted golf course you can look so it's, it's a type of place you can when there's no leaves on the trees you can see the whole thing you can stand on the first fairway and see people playing all the way out to to seven green i, I was that's one of the things that kind of makes me want to go back um and just see it again i like playing courses from different tee boxes and if we'd had we ran out of daylight and after nine holes, I was sore enough of having not played any, you know, for like a month before that or several months for you. Um, but I thought that I was like, okay, this is a smart place because they were able, you walk to the first tee and there are, you know, it's got that beautiful kind of squared off classic look on those tee boxes where they're just perfect rectangles and they haven't, they haven't had the benign neglect of years built up where everything's an oval, you know, there's no mm-hmm. just, just random ovals on the course. Um, and what surprised me, because uh, I didn't look at it a lot, but one of the pleasant surprises of it is that there were lots of interpretations and little elements of some template holes. You know, we had we had the Black Creek experience on our first 
trip to the Mid-South, which is 18 different template greens, template holes in Mr. Stein's course at Black Creek. Um, and this one starts you out that first. I, it's hard to think of many first greens that I liked more, I think, than yeah. the the there's an Alps green. There's a big Alps green at the end of this kind of par five right in front. It's framed by the convention center. So tell me what you remember of that, because that was one um, you hit, you know, I hit from distance because, you know, we've been driving four and a half hours and my, uh, my, uh, my second shot going for the green didn't quite get the elevation I'd hoped for um, too cold to kill any worms, but I had a nice little shot in, uh, but I, I just liked the look of it. I liked once I got up there, it was, it just felt like a really cool, big green. So tell me a little bit about the first Fred. Uh, that was, that was the best part. I mean, uh, you know, everything, like we said, you know, there was some, it was dormant, you know, and the leaves were, were not out yet. Um, so the course was, it was, a um, a little, let's, let's say plain looking, you know, at the first, and I don't mean that in any disrespect. Um, I'm sure when, when things come blooming in, it's, it's beautiful, but the time of the year we were there, you know, it's expected, but the green complex was amazing. I mean, what a way to start off, you know, a round of golf. You have, you know, this green that's kind of stretched out in a longish kind of sideways kidney bean, like figure eight looking thing. It kind of narrowed and had a little plateau on the little low flat area uh, was the right side of the green. And it mm -hmm. kind of went up and back down to like this little tiny, it was bigger than it looked, but it was, it was another section that was kind of framed by that big bunker right in front um, of the front yeah, left side of the green. Bunker. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm hitting my second shot. I'm like, okay, well, obviously I, you know, I want to play over here. I want, I want to look at the whole green so I can run that ball up there. So, you know, I'm feeling good. You know, I lay up where I want to lay up. I walk up there and I'm like, Oh crap. Uh, this was a little more than I wanted to bite <laughs> off on my first chip in a while. Um, so, I mean, it, it was, it was super smart. Um, that pin just happened to be on the left side of the green that day over top of that bunker um, but not by a lot, you know, the front, the front left side of that green. So um, you could hit that ball long, right. And it would come back down that hill. It was, it was a pretty substantial little uh, slope. And as fast as those greens were rolling and as well as they were rolling, um, you know, that was actually the play over there laying up on the other side and trying to, you know, use the whole green was actually a more difficult shot in my opinion. Well, even if I would have hit it well, it would have been more difficult, but, um, um, that the, the way that was laid out and, you know, walking up there and knowing that that's the first green, you know, that just opens up, you know, your, your mind's kind of racing on, man, what else am I gonna, you know, find myself doing here this afternoon or whenever, um, it was a great way to start and a really, really nice, um, nicely laid out, um, nice laid out green complex there. Yeah, that was the thing, you know, you we show up and the rough is bright green, so it's a, a some kind of native cooler season grass. But you've got all these brown fairways, which are fine. You know, it's a good playing yeah. surface. It's not yep. it wasn't soggy. Um <laughs> but then you get to that green complex and you look at all the different little undulations. And it's not when I say undulations, this isn't like 90s containment mounding. This is an Alps, you know, it's a template green with a big, deep, obvious bunkers. Like, okay, you cannot, you cannot put your ball in there because that's a stroke penalty, if not more, um, at least early in the season. I mean, the bunkers are, the bunkers are, are winter under winter care. 
Um, yeah, let's yeah. put it that way, but still, but you, then you've got this green that, you know, having just come off a, a putting green that is faster than glass. Um, and if you end up above the hole, all of a sudden your mind gets racing. So it was a really, just the way it was framed to have that kind of reward at the, the end of that long first hole was, was, I thought was really neat. Then, you yeah, know, yeah. perfectly good. So it, it really set a tone. Um, I'll, I'll put it that way. The second hole was great. You know, a long par five with a, a kind of a diagonal water hazard mm-hmm. that you, you know, that I'm sure somebody probably could reach on a, a normal day. Um, but the, the third hole was the one that really got to me The that's the first time that you play to the edge of the mountain. Uh, as you mentioned, mm-hmm. it's a longer par three that has, it has a lot of room short and it's got some, some bunkers to catch, but it's a pushed up green. It's called, they call it the keyhole. Um, I would assume because of the look they've carved out the, the woods behind the green. So you've got, oh. it, it's, it's kind of a visual trick. Now there may be some other use for the key but that's kind of what i associate with because you've got woods to the dense woods to the left of the hole you've got some mm-hmm. tree a good stand of trees to the right uh, and then you've got this view that is this just forever view the green isn't a, as infinity green as we come to on the fifth but you just have this never this uninterrupted view over the valley off the side of the mountain and it it's you've got you know a long uphill shot from the tees we played that day um but it's hard not to lose your attention. Just like, Hey, look yeah. at that. You know, the, the bunkers mm-hmm. really aren't the hazard there. It's, it's what you, what grabs your eye is the hazard on that hole. And it, it really kind of messed with your, um, I, I use this all the time. I say it all the time, but it kind of, it, it, it kind of fooled your eye a little bit. You know, you have, it's kind of framed and then all of a sudden there's nothing behind the green. And you're like, is this really playing 200 and you know, 15 yards? Um, it really, I think it was more like 220 that day, but that's besides, <laughs> that's beside the, uh, the conversation here. Um, but it, it kind of, um, it kind of tricks your eye a little bit, like you said, with those, with those trees cleared out behind it. But I mean, once the green was in the pin was in the back of the green, so we were back that far anyway. And we all took, we all took, um, uh, you know, our time to go over there and look at the, look at the view from up there and looking down into that Valley. I mean, it was just, it was, it was beautiful. I mean, oh. I've never seen so many trees in one location like that. Oh, I wasted a lot of time trying to snap an artsy picture because it was just so pretty. I was like, one of these has to be yeah. awesome. You know, and the, <laughs> the other thing that I, that tends to get lost is that green is really pushed up in the air. Those bunkers, yeah. there's one front and two or three over there to the left, like to try to keep your ball from the, going yeah. into the woods. And those were yeah. really deep. I mean, they were a Fred, they were almost a Fred deep, if not deeper. Um, yeah, no, really they to, were, they were deep. You had to throw the ball up pretty high, pretty quickly um, to get it on the green. So I just thought that was, so you've got this great impression made with the first green and you got a, a tough second. And then you've got this beautiful kind of third, this Vista. And then you get to something that is near and dear to my heart that I love. And this was just something I, I think is so much fun. I'm glad it's a part of golf again. But the short drivable par four, that yeah. that is a challenge. No matter, it's not an easy hole. It's a challenge where whatever you decide to do, you know, it puts. It's one of several holes on this course that really put a golfer to a decision. It was, I think, about a 260 yard par four, which on a cold day is plenty. You know, kind mm-hmm. of breeze in our face. Um, I don't remember what you did. I had driver. I think Charlie had driver. 
Um, it, it's a it's a big it's a receptive green, but the problem is there's there's bunkers where you would lay up. There's one left and one a little further right if you were to try to lay back. So you would have to make a decision. Do I want to lay back of those and have even, you know, like a short iron in, or do I want to try to carry those and have a wedge? And then you've got two just brutal bunkers on the right of the green that are kind of between the pushed up green. And then there's a hillside uh, for the kind of a bailout area. If you were to slice a drive, um, that is no, so then you're pitching back over these two bunkers to a green with water behind it. Mm -hmm. So you've got all of this, like, like not, it, it's not a fallen in, not a, a cape hole, but there's, if you, if you hit it long and trundle down, um, through the marsh, you've got water down there. So it, it's just, it felt like it was balanced. Like it was worth it to go for it because there was enough room up there. Um, yeah, I put my ball in, in the side, one of those green side bunkers and that was it it was just no trying to get the ball up at that time of the day having no sand practice in months i found it but i'm not really glad that i did um but it just seemed like it seemed like a hole that invited again when something puts me to a decision that's when the architect has won most of the time but um it yeah. didn't didn't know if you had any particular memories of that hole um oh. Um, I just, I happened to be in that, uh, I was on the other side of the green from you. I was in the left bunker, um, off the tee. So, I mean, even, you know, I hit driver. So, I mean, it was, it was, you know, if I hit that fairway and it runs out, you know, I'm probably on that green too, but here's what I took away from it. Um, if my, if I would have hit my, in the conditions we played in the day we played, that's, you know, all we can really talk to. Um, if I would have hit the ball straighter and it would have hit the green and it would have run up, it would have been over. I mean, I don't, I don't think I'm holding that green because like you said, it dropped straight, you know, it dropped straight off to the water in the back. Um, so, so that is a whole nother aspect to it. You know, not only do you have to, you know, navigate the stuff that you can see, but I mean, how, you know, what, what kind of a gut punch is it to actually, you know, lace one down there? You know, if I get up there and I hit my driver and I run it through the green into the, into the water, that man, that's soul crushing. I mean, <laughs> soul crushing. Um, so, I mean, that was just another aspect to it. Um, but yeah, like you said, you know, I, you know, if I hadn't get it, gotten it, gotten it into that bunker my ball would have would have trundled down you know off of that pushed up green down into you know the the other part of the water that would ran off toward the next tee box um so you know it it is truly a risk reward hole you know hit it where you want to hit it um and be ready to take those consequences and uh like you said i i really enjoy those type of holes um usually you know my joy comes from you know poking fun at matt you know our dear friend uh you know when he gets up there and whacks a driver and you know it might it might get there but it, you know it might rattle around and you know he'll yell at me for hitting three wood or something so that that's where my joy that's where my joy in golf comes from nowadays it's just <laughs> anger and matt cheney a little more than normal but well, that's um, that's a whole if you gave him 10 tries at that he might hit 10 different clubs oh, or he, he might yeah. he might just hit driver every time you never know um, oh, he would hit that four iron. Don't you don't don't you <laughs> doubt that he would not hit that four iron. You know, and, and that's one. Again, I think the variety, the multiple tee boxes and the variety of ways 
you could play you could go around several times and with different pin position and and t marker combinations really get a good variety of golf shots and, and challenges right there um oh absolutely absolutely you know speaking of t's the my only criticism i'll go ahead and get it out of the way i i thoroughly enjoyed it around and this is just the the absolute first world problems i didn't love that the two par threes were playing just about the same distance for us you know that just the the t mm-hmm. markers just happened to be in places where it was basically either my four iron or my hybrid um because I didn't want to go long. I didn't want to hit something off the mountain, but they, they both played as long par threes. The number five, which is maybe the signature hole there because it is the one that's called the edge. It has, it's a forced carry par three. We played it, you know, 190 or 200 yards, but it has an, it has that infinity green edge to where you're walking up and you look at it and it just looks like it is goes forever. And then the earth ends, you know, it's, it's kind of a, a, a flat earther's dream. Um, just, to see, <laughs> just to see the the visual of that course. Um, it looked like if my, I recall, you could play it up, you know, tee boxes, there were tee boxes up there that would be probably for us, maybe a, maybe a mid or even a short iron, like maybe a seven iron mm-hmm. distance on the scorecard, but you know, luck of the draw the day we had, it was a real challenge. Um, but that was to have, to have two holes where you just kind of play to the edge of the mountain it really one it really breaks up the round i mean you you kind of have before the edge of the earth and after the edge of the earth holes um where you're kind of going back towards the clubhouse but i would i would i like it more if there was a different if it wasn't a par 3 if there was a different shot coming into there i don't know maybe i mean the architects are are pretty good but um you know to for that to be kind of the signature and to have two holes where you have just that view where you're standing on the green after you hole out and you just, you want to get that picture. You want to see yeah. um, kind of what's over the edge. It really, um, th- that's, that's kind of what I take away Those Those are, I don't remember much about that green because I hit a pretty God awful shot. And I think at that point I was just put me down for, for put me down for a triple and let's go. Um, <laughs> do you have any deeper thoughts about number five? <laughs> it's so funny. Um. I would I would tell you I I totally agree with you that's usually one of the things that you know I I always think about my drive home or whatever we play a course are the par threes right I think that a lot of times par threes will will make or break you know my experience at a golf course and not because they're hard or anything like that but it's it's just the um the the way it kind of ties everything together and that that first par three you come to you know that that to me feels like you know a 200 plus yard par three right? Yeah. Uh, the way it's set up, you know, that's exactly what you see when you pull up here. You, you expect it. Um, that next hole, playing it from the, the 190-ish area, um, you know, for, for someone like me, probably probably not something that's going to you know, tie my round together a lot, right? But yeah. like you said, if you play that up there um, from that short iron, middle iron, you know, seven, eight iron, you know, in that ballpark, um, man, that would be a great hole. Um, you know, a different club into that green, uh, seeing the ball in the air kind of flying, you know, toward that, you know, drop off. That's a whole, that's a whole different experience, right? When you're back there and you're trying to, you know, hit something hard, you know, a a, a long iron or a hybrid, and you're trying to hit it hard to, you know, get at that distance. I think it takes away a little bit of that enjoyment of, 
of watching that ball come into that green. Um, But I I mean, again, you know, beautiful hole, love the layout and everything. I just, I agree with you that, that to me jumps out as more of those, more of a hole that you want to try to, you know, you want to try to fly something in there close and, 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 you know, you want to see that ball land really close to that, that hole when it's just perched up there, you know, with nothing behind it. Um, that, that's probably the only thing I would say to it. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. Um, you know, but, uh, I agree with you about the, the yardages that day and, you know, it looked like they had plenty of tee boxes there. Right. right? Um, they, they kind of just kind of stacked down the hill, like toward the water and, um, toward the green. So, I mean, you could play that from, probably any any yardage they wanted to play from that they have a tee for it right and if we had yeah, yeah if we'd gone back around we'd have done it and yeah. why why we didn't just go up there and drop and hit shots up there we should do that more it wasn't crowded you know no. that's that's kind of a regret but you know the difference yeah. in the two is that the number three hole had a long had a lot of grass short of the green now yeah there was a bunker at the end but you if you miss hit a shot that's, you know, from a long 200 plus yard distance. Okay. Then you've got a pitch next. This one, number right. five, one of the things that makes it so pretty is that you've got a, a, a pond to carry. So if it's a still kind of less windy day, then you've got this great big sky reflecting this great big hole on the edge of the earth. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, that's, uh, that, that sounds a whole lot more appetizing with a seven iron in my hand than it does with my <laughs> hybrid or my five wood. Um, I agree. You know, then you kind of you turn back inland, I guess is how you'd call it from from there. Um, and you kind of hook back towards the back of the property. Um, you got a little slight dog leg kind of get you from here to there hole. And then I thought number seven, number seven was fun. Maybe the last kind of signature hole before the ninth, um, because it had it just had it was kind of a halloween hole it just it was that that jump scare because you just want you had a, a bunker that you absolutely did not want to hit it into off of the tee and then on your you had a long approach that was a relatively long hole yeah and you definitely yeah. didn't want to to you know want for me when i try to hit one hard the miss is i tug it left and there was just some really nasty little bunkers and pots and just kind of you it was what 15 feet below the fairway down there it just kind of yeah kind of you ended up in a hole down there below the green with a decent distance left so it was just kind of that um i I don't know i'm sure there i'll look and see if there was a template but i remember that one because i did find some trouble there and i was like oh this is oh this is just rotten over here this is no good at all (laughs) um yeah you know and it's fun playing with charlie who hits the ball a long way you know he's a little longer off the tee than both of us and just kind of seeing he found all kind. Of, he found different trouble, <laughs> right, right. He found trouble through a couple of the fairways. You know, a couple of those bends, those little dog leg lefts. You know, you get over there, and like you said, some of those trees really come into play, right? Um, you go through, you go through one of those dog legs, and you know, it gets a little sketchy on if you can, if you can get it up by the green. You know, a lot of times you're just kind of run one up the fairway in some of those cases. It was the Valley of Sin. That's what that little left was. If you didn't get it, if you tried to run it up and you didn't get it, it was like 18 at St. Andrews. Had that little collection area where all of a sudden you've just got just you and tight grass. And then you've got uh. the, the nightmare, which was kind of, I was looking at some pictures, like my nightmare, uh, your birdie at North Barrick, where I'm in between the two lumps of the beer. It's green and like, <laughs> and short and like, in closely mown area. Like, oh my God, what do I do? Do I, do I chip this? Do I putt this? Do I hybrid it? Do I? you know, Texas wedge. Do I hit my, do I bunt it with my driver? 
just you know like that you get paralysis by analysis because you yeah. you expect nothing to work um <laughs> that was i thought that was cool that was the last yeah that, that was a green that really yeah, I was like, oh, this is this is good. This is evil right here. All the, all this pretty yeah. stuff to look at, and this is just gonna yeah. just gonna wail on you. Yep. And it didn't look that way from the fairway, right? I mean, that's one of those some of that local knowledge. You just know, like after the fact, you know, you're like, well, not it is not, you know, it it's probably not ideal. You know, hey, let's avoid that, but you don't know the extent yeah. of which that you want to avoid that until you're in it. Yeah, you shoot, you know, from the tee, you're like, okay, that little pod bunker on the left, and it's like, that is that a pond? What is that, a sinkhole? So you look at that, you don't want to hit it there, and <laughs> you've got that fairway bunker on the other side, um, kind of a principal's, like a sideways, oh, you did have the principal's yeah. nose on the next one. Um, but yeah, Oof. I thought seven was was smart, and eight was a great hole. Um, you know, I, I don't remember, I birdied one of them, uh, neither of these, uh, you know, going shot by shot, really in our rounds is never our thing. But I, I, I remember I, I hit a wedge in close once that day and made a putt to put some pressure on you guys. But, um, oh yeah, the, the seven or I say 17, eight coming in, you kind of played back to the hotel and there was yeah. that, that Bishop's nose bunker, fairway bunker. But again, it was not a terribly long hole, but it put you to a decision off the tee. You know, it reminded yeah. me very much of the Scottish golf where, okay, there's this bunker. Why would you put that there? I have to play around this thing now. I've got to either lay back and hope I don't run into it. Or and right. I, if I recall right, it was a distance you did not think was comfortable to carry. Uh -uh. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, so it was exactly in the right place for us. Yeah, it was, it was absolutely perfect location for me. Um, cause I remember that vividly cause I was like, man, come on. I was, I was hitting the ball decent, you know, and I was, you know, I was getting around and I'm like, oh, well, this was, this is perfect. Right. Um, yeah. So that one, again, you know, like you said, I, I enjoy, you know, I enjoy a little, little bit of the mental game too, you know, kind of figuring out how best, you know, I can, I could play this hole to, to my strengths, not to, you know, not to what I want to do. <laughs> so right. I, again, I, I laid back, but man, I had for, you know, it's not a long hole, but you know, when you lay up, cause you don't want to go into that bunker and you don't hit the shot you want to hit. And I believe I pushed mine, right. So I was in, you know, over there, not the greatest lie. And next thing you know, you're looking at another 200 yard shot or, you know, buck 90 buck 80. Um, you can find yourself in a world of hurt real quick. Right. And, and it's one of those where, you know, the course is not narrow. These are not, super narrow playing quarters but there was like one tree that kind of yeah. reached its craggly finger out over the fairway <laughs> yeah. it's like you had to, you had to go you couldn't go over it you had to go under it or around it and you wanted to you know the short the straight shot the shortest distance to the green was to go on the left side of that that bishop's nose bunker um yeah. and you know just thinking back those little touches you know what how much extra did it cost to build that bishop's nose bunker and I mean, man hours and material, maybe a couple hundred dollars, thousand, couple thousand dollars. Yeah. But wow. that is something that defines that golf hole, something fun for people to get excited about, to get angry about, something to evoke some emotion. And it just makes it so much better. You know, that course would be fine. And it could still be a hub and a community asset if it was just nine flat holes with big ovally greens because it's it's open green space in the middle of the forest. You know, that's something cleared land is kind of at a premium up there 
around that because that is heavily i mean it's it's kind of the on the cusp of southern appalachia you know those plateaus and heavily wooded but you've got you know these little touches of character of quirk that kind of jump mm. up and get your attention and make it memorable like you know i'm i'm blessed to play kearney hill quite a bit that's it's not our community hub because of where it's located it's out on the the edge of town but it is a a municipal course that has those little characters like there's just these the spots you know you can't go because you're dead or you like can i carry that this you know it's a pete die, pete and pb die course so there's some evil woven into the fabric of of kearney hill and that is um you know i think at sewanee that was something that as far as overall themes go there are just so many of those where it could have been so much less, but the way they thought through kind of reimagining that course and those green complexes and some of the fairways and those contours just really make it some place you want to be. You know, if that was, imagine you're like a new young professor coming in, coming in as an associate professor. You don't really play golf, but you think it's like, well, well, they've got this course here and I get to play it for free. Imagine if that was your entree into golf how spoiled you would be and how much fun golf would be for you right off the bat is you've got this yeah. really cool course that you've got to learn to kind of hack it around this trouble, or, you know, you're just going to have to laugh at yourself because you're going to be in the trouble, but to have yeah. something that interesting uh, to grab you. I, I don't know. I, that's, that's one of the things that blew me away about it is to have just a little jewel, just and it, just nine little holes. So many little memorable things, little touches, little details. Yeah. Um, I love I love the the word you use the of character right you know I mean I never I never thought of it um, I, I guess I didn't I didn't think of the word but but you're right you know a not every hole is going to be the, the greatest hole ever right but I mean we went through and you know we've talked about eight holes and and four or five of them we we focused on one aspect or, or, or a piece of that that added that character to that hole. Um, I think that is that is a is a very good point and probably illustrates the the point better than you know just kind of defining what what we saw and what we played to, but it was the character of the course or the character of that hole um, that that really lasted. I mean, we played this you know a a year ago, you know, and I and I can still you know I can still vividly remember seeing that that rake you know um, by the bunker there on on eight fairway. After I had, you know, I pushed my my three wood over there, and I had to walk by because I I hit it over left the next time. I remember I remember that rake and thinking, you know, if I had just hit it down the middle, I wouldn't be over here now. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I, that's a great point. I wanted to call that out. That that's that's uh that's a very very good word to use you know, for that. The, the and speaking of character now. I don't know how many courses have their saved their hardest hole for last. Um, but the course at Sewanee, bless its heart, saved its version, saved for the end, its version of the road hole. Now, for those that aren't golf nuts, the road hole is the 17th hole at St. Andrew's old course in Scotland. And it's the road hole because it's you hit this is the one you hit over the hotel and the green is pushed up against and has the road right behind it and it has the road hole bunker it has this deep pit of a bunker that you absolutely that the the green kind of curls around you absolutely cannot hit in there it's famous it 
as Tom Watson said, it's the hardest par four in the world because it's really a par five. It's long <laughs> and it's got a very difficult green. And Sawani has a darn fine version of the road hole to close. It, it is long. Like I kept looking down. I was like, this is a par five. Oh, this is a par four. I've got to hit this five wood now. And I've got to, <laughs> I've got to hope that I hit it well. That one, that I don't have to hit it a second time because I topped it. Or two, that I hit it well and it doesn't go screaming off the green into the pro shop and kill the people that are enjoying their lunch on the wraparound patio or the wraparound porch of the clubhouse restaurant. Well, as it turns out, I did top that five wood. I was in the fairway. Um, nice shot. I, I, I a little bit further up than you still wasn't as long as Charlie, um, duffed that second one. So I had a nice wedge, had a nice, you know, I had my good distance, I had like 75 yards in to the flag, which was fine. And I cut a smile onto that ball. Like it, it jack-o'-lanterns were jealous. Like, wow, did you see the, the slice he put on that thing? Um, you happen to be up there. Would you, Wait, what did you, what did you tell those poor girls that the ball, cause it didn't end up at their feet. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I happened to, you know, drive up and I was kind of standing there and, and I saw the, the ball and, and, uh, the, the, the aggressive, uh, line that you took, we'll call it. I did not um, want to be in, in the there, road hole bunker. It, did not want to be in the road hole well, bunker. <laughs> Um, and it comes screaming across there and I, and, you know, I politely, I said, head up ladies, heads up. Um, and it got right. And, you know, they were all, you know, joking and having their, I believe they were having cocktails and talking about it. And yeah, I cannot remember the comments that I made, but I made, I made some comment about, you know, I was like, there's gotta be a better way of, you know, getting your guys's phone number than, you know, trying to give one of you a concussion or something like that. I was like, you know, he's really not that bad of a golfer, you know, just joking with him at that point. But, um, but you know, there was, there was those two ladies that were sitting there that were, you know, I don't know if they were as much watching um, the golf as much as just sitting outside in the sun and, and having a conversation. But there was, if you know, if you remember, there was two other tables of folks. Oh, yeah. One of them was like a family that were there and there was like some kids that were kind of, you know, yeah, at thanks, the table thanks for mentioning the, thanks for mentioning the children. Fred. <laughs> Yeah, well, I knew it wasn't going toward the children, so I looked at them first. I figured the ladies could fit for themselves. Um, but you know, what a way to finish as well, right? I mean, you know, uh, there were people there watching you kind of come in, you know, and some of the some of the folks were sitting there enjoying their lunch, talking to their family or whatever, and watching watching golfers come in. Now there wasn't a lot of golfers, right? I mean, we were probably one of four or five groups that I saw all day that were playing. Um, but, but again, that kind of led to the atmosphere and, the, you know, that community feel, you know, that, and it's, that, it's uh, a little intimate there. Cause it's pretty flat, like right that, that clubhouse eight, ninth green, 18th green kind of first tee. That's like the flattest part of that whole, the, the yeah. whole system, that whole setup. So it, yeah. it, everything's kind of in there close right there. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, and, uh, um, you know, Charlie, Charlie and I were kind of chuckling when you had to do like the little walk of shame back there to pick your ball up, you know, from the patio. And, you know. Turns out that turns out that patio is out of bounds, Fred. <laughs> oh, I'm oh, sorry. I forgot about that. Um, but uh, but anyway, um, I was hey, not I, like I was not hitting buttons. a second shot. I was not blading a second one in there. <laughs> <laughs> a little, 
<laughs> had a little spice to that uh, afternoon. Um, yeah. But I mean, yeah, what a way to finish that hole. That hole was tough. Um, that hole was tough. And, you know, what got me on that hole was, as you mentioned in the hole before, there is a there's a fairly large, I believe, oak tree yeah. that's on the right side of the green as you're playing up the fairway. And as most oak trees are, you know, the those older ones, the 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 top of them are, you know, where all the branches and limbs are. So it's pretty high up off the green. And I happened to, you know, clip one of those gnarly little branches that was hanging down. So um, I ended up a little short, um, but uh, but a, a, a really good hole. And, you know, what a way to finish if you've got something on the line. Right. I mean, you right. know, our little our little $2, $3 Nassau's and overall, you know, $5 matches and stuff. Hey, it might be only $5, but as we've said before, I don't, I don't want to give you or Matt any of my money. Right. I would prefer to have your money. So right. what a way to finish, man. What, what, no matter what the stakes are, um, what a way to finish, you know, a round of golf, you know, uh, you know, and I remember, that hole. I remember specifically, um, there being a back tee box on that one up by the tennis courts thinking, yes, what monster is playing from back here? This is about, yeah. all of a sudden that's like a 500 yard par four. That's a talk about a tough finish. That's, yeah. that's three shots for most people. Um, and so it was just interesting again to see how, because it, it would be a place, it was a relatively easy walk, you know, my, with my yeah. wheel cart, um, it, lots of undulation, but nothing too severe and nothing too long. There weren't any real long hills. So it was a good walk. It would be, you know, a great place to go out an hour, two hours before dusk and have your dog out there with you, you know, in a, a canvas bag and just kind of go and, and hit shots as you're chasing sundown. Um, because it has that good parkland feel. And if you lived, man, if you lived on that lane right there, that's, I think it would have to turn you into a golfer just to go play, yeah. you know, go play one and one, seven, eight and eight and, or, or I guess nine. Um, nine. yeah, yeah. Just come in. That would be just an ultimate loop or you go over and you go, you cut across and you just start at three and you go three, four and kind of come back in around, um, just a really, again, I think of what I've seen. Now, I haven't been to some of the bigger, better known, like Beth Page or something like that, where there's multiple courses and it's it's available to everybody. But as far as community assets go, like I, in my fever dream, that's what Tate's Creek could be. You could put, um, we've got a course here in Lexington that's in an older neighborhood, and it's a it's a core course. Um, there's you know how the the town has grown around it since it was built in the fifties, but um, you know it's short you know tops out at 60 i don't know 61 6200 not you know it's kind of nondescript most of the greens are ovals now man you could find nine great holes and it's it used to be it was built as a country club you know it only made it about two years before they turned the keys over to the city but it's got a clubhouse that it has a pool the pool is always busy in the summers so you've got kind of yeah. this this natural clientele of community hub business and if you could now there's no range it's a shag bag range and you know it's in a pretty densely populated area so if you could build a you know find nine holes build a range with some lights and all of a sudden yeah you know you've got something you've got a safe place that honestly one one side of it's in a pretty rough area 
but all of a sudden you developed a safe place for those kids to yeah. go, you know, yeah. at, you know, in summer, go from the pool, dry off, maybe grab a hot dog or something. And all of a sudden just go whack some golf balls. Um, yeah. I know, mean, well, what do we all say that golf needs? Right. You know, I mean, to get kids, you know, into playing, I mean, I'm not saying they got to go take lessons or whatever else, you know, I mean, you know, they go out and if they have the opportunity, like you said, you know, find, find five, five hole or nine holes that they, you know, you can build there. I'm sure you can build, a, you know, at least one or two practice holes or, you know, little side holes that, you know, they can go and play. I mean, my son, he took, he was part of the first tee. Um, we took him to that a couple years ago and it's a, it's a parkland course right here in Columbus. Um, and they have like a little, I'll call it a short course, but it's, it's got like par threes and par fours on it, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, any of the kids that were part of the first tee, they could just go up and show their little first tee, you know, bag tag and they could go play. Um, I mean, what, what a great way, you know, to, to have some of, you know, some of these kids, you know, have a place to go, have a place to, you know, hang out. It, like you said, whack some golf balls around. That would be, that would be ideal. And who knows? Some of them may, may end up loving the game, you know, right. Some of them may, may turn out that, you know, that's what they want to do. Um, who knows? Right. I mean, I don't know how you started in the game, but I started because my buddies, you know, were, were, we're going to go to the little par three course on the weekend. And I ended up going and, you know, I got the bug and, you know, I've been, I've been golfing ever since, you know, and you can tailor, you know, it's what my thought would be, man, if I could just get the powers that be or the city forefathers or take a chamber of commerce trip and just go, you know, go see Chattanooga and stop at Sewanee on the way and say, look, look at this, you know, instead of treating it just like a liability on the income statement, on the cash flow, every like, ah, what does golf want? What does, you know, can't, can't everybody go play at the country club? Well, no, they can't look at what, yeah. you know, pretty high, you know, so want for to its credit, pretty high in food and, and, you know, nice, you know, more than you would get probably at your, your average local muni, but you could tailor that. You could take that model and tailor it down just to, to, to finally see, I'd heard about these places. You know, there's an architect, Andy Staples, who has a, his whole theme. Now he's doing some, some different design work now, but his, one of his sales pitches um, was to, was that community golf design, you know, start build a putting course, let the kids go out there with a putter and whack it around. Then, you know, graduate to a little par three course, kind of a pitch and putt course. And once you could master that, then you can graduate to, you know, the, the front tees on the, the big course, quote unquote. Um, and now Swanee doesn't exactly, it doesn't have the par three part, but man, how much just to be able to show that model of what a little neighborhood course can yeah. be just to, to get the buy-in. That was, that was what really struck me. And the, the other thing, and I mentioned this before with you is that, you know, we were, it was an add on. We were on our way to the mythical Sweetens Cove. Uh, we were given that another try. Um, and it is, you know, that was a great experience. That is a, a another nine hole course, you know, something about the mid South and, and only building half a golf course. Um, I shouldn't say that. that that's, that's not fair. Um, but I'll say that, you know, Sewanee has an amazing experience. They, their customer service, their marketing, um, their hospitality, it's different though. 
and I'm not in, like, like it's more about the experience. If you force me to choose, I don't know. I might choose going around Sewanee three or four times in a weekend, as opposed to Sweetens Cove. The, uh, the thing I've, I remember from Scotland, our caddies at Carnoustie, I don't remember if it was yours or Matt. They said, you know, they've got all the history up the road at St. Andrews. They, they love it. They've got all the history and all the awards, but we've got the golf course. And I, I, I've always believed having played them both. I, I think I agree with that. It's probably a minority yeah. opinion. Um, and, and I'm sure this is, but, and I will go back, uh, you know, I've got tee times for some down with Brown passes to go back to, uh, sweetens because it's just a fun experience and the prospect of playing golf in February or March just sounds like fun to me. Um, but I wanted to get your opinion on that is that if you had to choose, if you're going to go play one or, or if you were just to compare quality of courses, how would you do that? And it's a little unfair because we haven't talked about sweetens yet, but do you think there's any uh, validity in my emotion that, you know, Suwannee really does hold its own. It, it plays backseat to no one. I, I, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, I felt like I might say that and I, I would be cast out um, in the golfing community if I, if I said that if I said that about Sweetens Cove. The Illuminati um, will find I, you. Uh, yeah, they probably will. They're not um, listening to this, but they'll find you anyway. <laughs> Somebody will tell them. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I mean, I really, <laughs> I think that if I was going to, it, uh, let's say, how do I say this? Um, if I had you know, to play a course, you tell me you can play this course every day. I would take, I would take Sweetens Cove. Um, I would take, um, uh, over Sweetens Cove. Um, as, as fun and as, um, entertaining as it is to play, um, Sweetens Cove. Um, I will tell you that at times it's, I felt like they may, they, they may be trying to do a little too much. Um, There's, yeah, there's a, I hadn't thought of it that way, but that's a good way. There's, there's just a lot of that course. Those greens are a lot to take because they built double greens. You know, sure. they, they took that Scottish idea, that original idea from the old course of the double green and kind of took it to its logical conclusion. So mm-hmm. I, yeah, I get what you're saying. And, you know, if, if the idea is cross country golf, there's no comparison it, too, too well tree lined at Sewanee. The, you can get really creative with that all-day experience at Sweetness yep. Cove. But yep. if you just line up nine holes versus nine holes, one flag in each green, man, Swanee, it really doesn't it, – it takes a backseat to no one. I agree. I totally agree. Um, I, I would say that, you know, anybody that's making a trip down that way, um, you know, the, as we said – you know, earlier on in the conversation that this was a kind of an add on for us. Right. And I think that that serves a pretty big injustice, you know, to, to the course, to Sewanee. Um, I don't think it's an add on for anything. I mean, you could, you could, you know, for me in Ohio, you in Kentucky, you, I would have no problem building a road trip to go to Sewanee, to Sewanee alone. Right. Yes. Um, I, I think that, you know, for the folks that, that, you know, are going down to play, you know, Sweetens Cove. And hey, I, I get it, right? I mean, I, I like the course. I, I would play it 
over, you know, I would play it every year if I got a chance to play. Um, but I'm just telling you that, you know, don't over, don't overlook, you know, don't drive by Sewanee and um, not, and not give it its due. Right. If, if you're going down to play, um, you know, around, you know, Chattanooga or anything like that, you know, give it a try. It, it'll, it'll surprise you. And, and it may, it may turn out to be just like it is for you and I that, you know, it's not an add on course. Right. Um, it, it could, it could change everything. I just don't think that it's, um, it's, it's anything that you can pass up. Hey, thanks for stopping by for this episode of the blind shots podcast. Fred is the best. It's that simple. That was actually take two for recording this Sewanee themed podcast technical difficulties <coughs> I forgot to press record <coughs> uh, meant we got a second chance to refine and deliver our thoughts on one of the Mid-South's special places I hope you enjoyed what you heard here today if you didn't like what you heard I'm sorry but man what are you even doing here as we head into Thanksgiving week here in the States it's critically important to remember to fully hydrate and to sit up straight you'll have a better time of it and as always when you have the choice do decide to go for it and take dead aim. Yeah. I put it in somebody's back, back garden. I was going to bring that up. You did. That was like 16. That was late in the day. Yep. Boy, that thing was awesome. That sucker was moving. It hit you uh, like a two-foot hole coming was, out. That was a 170-yard wedge, about, about <laughs> nine feet off the ground. I, I, the only thing I can remember thinking as I saw, I mean, it was so fast. I was like, oh, God, don't hit that wall or I'll kill somebody. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then I was like, oh, shit, don't clear the wall. It's going to break something. <laughs> I didn't know what to say. I just stood there. I was like, oh, boy. Yeah. Good yeah, time. That was oh, a good hole, too. That was played, another yeah, one. That was good They've been playing golf there for hundreds of years. I'm not the first one to put one back there. The guy that came up and accosted Fred at the dining room had been playing there for hundreds of years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought he was like a mannequin there in the corner for a while. And he moved. <laughs>